I'm gonna show y'all a day in the life of a real nigga. Name's Drift and I do whatever I gotta do Long as I do it my way uh, And I got nothing to prove Knowing I'm not number two When it comes to first place uh, And I'm on Aina Touchdown celebration Check out my Macarena I get the picture like a painter Breathe in danger And I think this all started from wanting to be a singer No idea quiet boy will come with the loudest bangers You be pissed cause I'm with the shits like Special ain't I? Soon to make them see the truth that I'm a living legend. Why so many make it through? But they ain't on what I'm on. About this paper, but also more than I could dream of. Dirty money, but I also take that covered in blood. They smell me coming, the type to get it out of the mud. I'm close to something, I done came too far to ever give up. It's all or nothing, and I'm all out of fucks to give. Now how about that? Speed racing, I'm a wreck. Without no scratch, collision, with no insurance, crash course on death, I know now that life is too short, and nigga that's a threat by itself, I'm at the top but they got me up on the shelf, don't want me touched but it can't be helped and I'm felt, somebody hand me the belt, all mine and soul, I do this shit for my health, pussy so hot I think the bit might just melt, oh, so street that I won't be grounded like a nigga rising, make lunch and you small fries, trying to size me up, rapper scared as hell and the Fucking frightening. I just know that pressure bus spikes. They better tighten up. I was lost, but found myself like a scavenger. Flip the script like a spatula, creeping up like tarantulas. Don't compare me to amateurs. Every butt trying to damage you. Draft, I was made for the cameras. I'm something special, ain't I? Soon to make them see the truth that I'm a living legend. Why so many make it through? But they ain't on what I'm on. But also more than I could dream of Dirty money But I also take that covered in blood They smell me coming The type to get it out of the mud I'm close to something I done came too far to ever give up It's all or nothing And I'm all out of fucks to give What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of RNS Radio. I am your host, Nanski One, a.k.a. Reno Omega, and I am here today with my boy, my mellow, my man, one of my oldest uh, friends from the uh, Las Vegas 
uh, diaspora, my boy Tony Tech. What's up hey, with you, baby? What up, what up, what up, I'm always weird about, like, um, how do I introduce people I've known for a long time? Like, because I know everybody, like, sometimes people going by their government name. And sometimes I'm like, man, Nick, mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. So I just. <laughs> but um, how you been, man? How's everything? Looking good, man. Just, like, uh, just hanging in, dude. Hanging in. Like, I guess all of us, you know, trying to trying to maintain some level of sanity in the in the self-quarantine. Man, yeah, it's it's been going on so long, brother. Like, I don't even, I mean, my my personal aside from being laid off, my my day to day activity is not super different. Like, uh, I have to be a little, yeah, that's true. you know, we have to be a little. I mean, Vegas is super different. Don't get me wrong. Like, but that's not, you know, like that's not my life. I don't be on a strip. I don't work on a strip anymore. Um, stuff like that. But to even just see, you know, the videos, like people will do like ride, ride bikes up and down the strip, nighttime stuff. And just to see like, man, like you would never be able to do that back in the day. It's cool. You know? It's it, it, there's a lot. I mean, so I'm over in LA and like you said, it's, it's really different out here too. And same thing, man. Um, I'm geeking out on, I'll be downtown on like a Friday afternoon and like in the street taking pictures because there's, there's nothing, nobody's around, you know, all the, everything's shut. So, uh, yeah, I mean those, that, that feel is, it's, it's interesting to be in those high energy places when that energy just isn't in them. You know, they feel, they feel yeah. extra ghosty. So I know Vegas has that. I know you guys are feeling it, you know, a little bit harder than everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like I, I haven't really, um, I mean, if, you know, I haven't really taken some time to sit down and think about the logistics aspect of it. Like that, this, the sheer number of money being lost for like a day of this shit not working, a day of no casinos, but like we're going on 60, 70 days of just a billion, billion dollar industry, like not operating. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. The, the, that's, that's the craziest thing to me about all of it is the, is the social impacts and the social economic impacts. And like, I mean, down to the smallest uh, workers, you know, you talk about, not not in a negative way, but the bottom of the food chain, you're talking about, you know, people, you know, your housekeeping workers and your people that are cleaning all the way up to the top. I mean, all the people and then their lives that are are rippled and then that goes into tourism. So now you're getting people that aren't in Vegas that are coming to Vegas, bringing more money. So it's just the, the, the ripples of all of it um, and Vegas, especially, I mean, hospitality just is going to be forever changed. I don't I, I don't see how everything's going to go back either which is like a, an interesting thing. A lot of things are trying to open up. LA's not opening up yet. We're, we're super, um, we're still shut over here. Everything as far as like bars, restaurants, things like that. But like, I don't, I don't know. I, every plan I've seen, I've like, I've seen, have you seen the, the partition, the casino deal, like where it's like the dealer has the glass and then there's like glass partitions in between each player for a blackjack table and then they're like, they're not supposed to touch the cards, but like the cards are still like served to them. So that you're still passing around all the same cards. Like, and that's my point is like that every, you know, you got all the glass, you got all the shit, everyone's wearing masks, but you're still passing around the same cards. Like there's cracks in every system. I, I just don't right. see really anything. I mean, unless they, unless they just push getting back and we ultra quick herd immunity or they push getting back and we spike again and we have to go backwards. But until uh, like vaccines happen like this. I don't know. I don't see us going. I don't see any entire industry now, going back to normal. For um, for me, like you know, like even the ramifications and stuff like that. And I and I'm a I'm a middle aged, relatively healthy individual. So my my logic is 
is not sound. I'm like, man, fucking just open this shit up and let this shit. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's like, it's not the plague, nigga. It's a flu. So like, but people will die and people are dying. So I can't, you know, that's my selfish ass. Like wanting just, uh, I want my shit to be back to normal. And it's like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work like that. And um, like you say, yeah, like, how do we do it? Do we slowly, what's essential? What's not essential? I mean, food is essential, you know, health services are essential. Uh, but nigga, I got to go to DMV. You know what I mean? Like I, but the DMV is not, I don't feel like that's essential. All that shit is, is, is like, and I'm not going to dive into the political space because I know we will take some time to talk about all the shit that's going on right now. But, you know, it's interesting too. Like we were just talking about before we started uh, this, this recording is like, how quickly the public uh, paradigm shifts. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, we had two and some change ass months of this shit being the worst thing ever. And then we had an, a, a very unfortunate incident, you know, like of some shit, you know, now we're in this political space and ain't nobody even talking about that shit no more. Like I haven't seen us, you know, it's like the, the flu shit is on the back burner. We talking about social justice now. And, and it's like, Oh, well, you know, like you say, the deflection aspect of politics is like, well, let's run with this so we don't have to focus on telling y'all what we're doing about this. Ultimately, I mean, racism and systemic racism and injustice and brutality is a huge problem. But ultimately, like, we got some right now shit going on. And I hope nobody takes that the wrong way. But, like, we got some shit, you know, some crazy... I don't know, man. It's just like, how do we balance that? So, yeah, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time. Yeah, to man. And there's, there's so much of that to touch on and, like, um, all the different... All the different things, man. Uh, and going going back real quick, like just to, you know, you talk about what's essential, um, you know, to again to to that housekeeping worker, the hotels are essential because that's their livelihood. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of like right, what you yeah. to tell somebody what is essential and what isn't. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, going to Vegas, quote unquote, isn't essential because it's vacationing. It's like that, but like the the thousands and thousands of people that work in these places, like they're they're laid off, and I don't know, man. So, but it, we'll see, man. Yeah. Like, like again, I just I I'm really these next now that things are opening the next month will be telling because we'll we'll really see if all of it the social distancing and the measures we were taking were necessary or if we're going to spike again or what's going to happen if and if we don't spike again and it's okay then obviously then we can start rolling out things and it'll be it'll be cool but hindsight will be 2020 with all of it that's that's what i'm looking for is like to look back really like i mean like really 2020 like really look back when you know 20 years from now when you're like oh shit did we handle this correctly i mean obviously not and i don't know all all the things that are going to unfold with it but whatever that's like conspiracy theory (laughs) but yeah for sure man and like also and this is something i haven't i haven't had this conversation with anybody this particular thing but something has been kind of rattling around in my mind while all this shit is going on it's like what happened to the wars you know what i mean like did everybody just stop going to war for a minute because we was like worried about the flu or was it just you didn't hear i didn't hear anything about troops i didn't hear anything about all the conflicts that was going on like that shit went completely silent that's well, super we interesting, see. and and like I haven't thought about that at all either. And I, I mean, there's two points in that that I think is like obviously the first is it, it just blatantly shows like the narrative that we see based on the media. Like it's just gotta still be happening, you know what I mean? Like right, like yeah. it's just we're we're just not hearing about it because we're not in 
fucking Felucia or wherever, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Syria, all the places that are fucking, I don't know, I don't know if Felucia's dated, but, um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, we don't hear about it. So that's the first thing. And like, uh, I don't know, the, the second thing is like, well, I don't know, that was like conspiracy sh- theory sh- shit was like, the conspiracy theories were this was planned to cover up other shady happenings around the world. <laughs> But that's, mm. I mean, that, I don't know. I don't know. We, 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 you, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But, but yeah, but that is interesting. <laughs> Again, the media narrative on that is about like, well, we just don't hear it. And like, yeah, did everyone truce? Did everyone, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Like, hold on, man. Stop shooting. You might be sick. We might just need to chill out for a minute. You, you coughing so, over there. Uh, so just to juxtapose right? that and, and, and the war on like a global aspect and what's happening with like, you know, big, big, huge problems. Like I, I've been thinking about weird things like rattling, like, you know, whatever shower thoughts in my head that all the things that are changing, like I read a, I read a thing, uh, like all the things that are changing here and like that you don't think about because of like, I read a thing, um, that, that garbage workers and like landfills are like really vexed and fucking overworked because like all these people are staying home now so they're just like creating more waste for like specific areas and things like that so like all the like Mm. small things that you don't really like think about that are also being affected uh just from people staying at home like oh you have all the like awesome things the fucking the air pollution lowering you know the all the animals coming back out they're like seeing like dolphins like have you seen the pictures of the canals in venice clear again you know mm -hmm. like I don't know. So it, it's cool. It's I don't know. There's so many like side effects from all this happening that are so interesting. Yeah, and and uh, one um one other thing like you know with like small things being affected. In my opinion, I was like, oh, we're gonna stay home and it's gonna be amazing and it's gonna be media media frenzy. I'm gonna be playing games and, and watching TV and then like even like play like even PlayStation Network they had to put a, a data cap on what you could and couldn't download for a while because there's so many motherfuckers at home trying to play games you know it's like so it, yeah it's weird like if you take a second to look at the little things that have been affected you know games have been saving crazy. saving people's lives though man games have been so good lately it's right keep so your ass you in the house man if you're going to be watching TV constantly yeah. you got to maybe I don't know I like to control what I'm watching at least sometimes Man, a little something, something, you know. But um, all right, man. So you know, that's a little current events, Duster. But uh, let's let's jump into this um this time travel shit. Let's and by time travel, I mean let's go back and and uh, you know, let's talk about how you got here from there. So um, you're from Southern California, and go. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> ra- yeah, raised in raised in LA. Uh, went to the Bay for a couple years. Moved to Vegas at the perfect age of twenty one. Um, yeah, that was Man. like it was. If you're gonna live in Vegas, you know that was always my saying. If you're gonna live in Vegas, do it, do it then. Fucking um, met. I mean, we met. You were my first. I think. I think I met you actually before I lived out there. We we met. Uh, Taboo had that had that um what was the name of that party on sundays i just remember uh super super slide sundays man we met it we met a super slide i came out for my birthday i the first time i ever stepped foot in vegas i was 21 i went down i was like it was tight i literally turned 21 on the mgm floor and went to that party break in a little bit like and met you it was cool we got contact and then went back home and was just like for some reason got the pull i was like i guess i'm moving to vegas 
Um, I was living in the San Francisco at the time and moved to Vegas. Uh, I was working with Mark Jacobs in San Francisco. I had like a retail. I was always been into like fashion and, and clothes and anything that surrounded art, whether that's fashion or music or movies or art itself and all the mediums or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I was working dance as another, as another aspect of, of art. So I was working at Puma in San Francisco and uh, that's where the sneaker addiction came and then eventually jumped up to Mark Jacobs over there. And then Mark Jacobs opened a store in Vegas and that's, and that was the decision. They were like, I was thinking about moving and then they were like, Hey, we have a spot in Vegas. Do you want to go? I was like, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. So let's pause. Let's pause real quick. And um, let's dial it back to in like around what time? Like, cause I know you was already breaking when I met you and I know you was already into hip hop and sneakers and stuff like that. When I met you, where, where did that come from? Where did that start? Like, um, what, around what time? Hip hop in general, like very young age. I mean, if you want to call the roots of like kind of the first hip hop I heard, like I remember, I mean, the first, the first cassette tape I bought was an MC Hammer tape and, and a CNC music factory. And I don't know if, I don't know if you call CNC music factory hip hop, but it definitely still had the beats. It's de- it definitely still had the rhythm. I just love music. I really love, really love music. And hip hop was like, it, you know, it was just the kind of, I don't know what, I don't know what about it. The, I think it's the beat, the beats and the bass and, and all that was just like, was everything. I remember my sister, weirdly, my sister was into all, like she was the first one that had doggy style and the chronic and lethal injection and all, all of that early shit. And that was like, really, really put me onto it. Hey, shout yeah, out yeah, to Angie, yeah. man. She's a gangster, dude. So there's, there's <laughs> like my sister, like she went through like a cholo state and we're talking like, like people who don't know me, like I'm a white boy. My sister's like white, you know what I mean? White girl, like va- we lived in the Valley, San Fernando Valley. Like we were Valley kids, you know, suburban Valley kids. And she was wearing like 40, 40 Dickies with like big hoop earrings and like brown eyeliner. She, she went through like a crazie phase. But anyway, you know, like a straight, like a gangster phase. Where she thought, I don't know what I am. But anyway, so she like, <laughs> I had all that. But then so like, I love, I always loved the music, but then dance was, dance and, and, that the whole the whole culture I just like liked everything about the culture and I guess you know you're when you're young you always want to assimilate towards whatever it was and and there was the whole thing you know it was it was the dress I was into sport I always loved basketball so I mean that always I mean obviously that that went hand in hand um the, so yeah I just like I, I got into it at a pretty young age and, and, and kind of gangster rap stuff and then breaking man i started breaking in like sixth grade um and and like really same thing culture like wearing fat fat laces and shell toes and like trying to really like wearing adidas track suits and really like trying to like break but those weren't my immediate friends i was i was just like i was hanging with like stoner skater white kids so we like well, all my friends were playing hacky sack and skateboarding and shit um, and so like if i wanted mm. i was cool with everybody like when I, you know, this progressed into high school. Now I'm still, I'm breaking more, but still skateboarding some. I'm on the basketball team. So I'm friends with all the black kids, you know, like I have all my outlets, but if I wanted to dance, I had to like go to raves or like hang out with my Filipino friends pretty much. And <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so I don't know, I, I, I knew it, but I didn't have a good foundation of it because I wasn't, it, it, I wasn't around people who really lived it, right? And then fast forward, I went to San Francisco, same thing. I hung out with like audiophiles and and like more like the skater, stoner white guys, whatever. 
and then moving to Vegas was was the first time when I met you guys and 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 we met and we started hanging. That was the first time in my life where I, my immediate friends were were b boys. Were like, this is what we do. So I was breaking since fuck sixth grade. You know what I mean? But but I learned right. I learned how to be like a b boy beginning when I moved to Vegas. So like I always had that in me. I always had the hip hop. Always had the dancing. Um, always had the fashion, always, always that shit, but the culture of like really understanding the dance aspect of it came definitely in Vegas. Word, man. Yeah. I remember, um, I, I remember meeting you and, and, you know, like for people to know me, like I'm not, I mean, I'm trying to get better about it now that I'm old, but like, I'm not the friendliest person. I'm not like the most, like go out and talk to people you don't know. Like I come with who I come with generally, generally speaking, and I leave with who I leave with, who I came with. And like, I don't know, like, I, I remember just seeing some random dude at Taboo. And usually we were like, that would be a, a cause to like roast somebody. You're like, oh man, you don't break it. And you, you don't, you don't get it. Like we, we're from Vegas and you, we don't know you. But I was like, man, let me go holler at this dude real quick. Just chop it up with him. And, and, you know, ended up exchanging info. And I remember like when you had moved down here um, and uh, before you had presented the opportunity, actually, I think it was the night that you presented the opportunity to work with you. Or to, to help y'all open the store, uh, we had went to this place. I forget. I don't even think it's still open, but it was on Sahara, right past the Strip. It was like a little. Um, it would, and they were doing a James Brown tribute night. No, that was where they did the James Brown tribute night. But this was before that. So same spot though. I can't remember the name of it. We went over there for like a little jam or like a little cipher or something. And um, you picked me up when you yeah. was driving the neon. Was purple? It, you have, you had purple. A, yeah. or neon. It was so like a pick- deep purple. <laughs> Terrible car, man. Those little cars always looked like they were smiling at you at the front. I don't think they don't make cars anymore. No, but I remember you scooped me up in that, and we went over there to the jam, and then um, I think he was you was dropping me off, and um, he was like, "Yeah, man." Um, and I didn't know shit about shit. I remember you was like, "Yeah, man, I'm out here opening this store." Uh, boom, boom, boom. Mark Jacobs, and I, I didn't know. I don't because I don't. You know, what I mean, like I don't have a background in fashion or. or retail or anything like that and um but she was like yeah you want a job and, I, and at the time i was working like telemarketing or some hella janky shit and uh you was like well we'll pay you the, the pay is good and i was like well, fucking sign me up and it ended up being like we could talk about that in depth but it ended up being one of the most memorable uh exciting learning experiences of my life i'll be honest with you like the only time i can say for me that I experienced something similar to that in terms of like broadening my horizons in life was when I got into hip hop, I was like 16, 15 and uh, met my friends who are, you know, like young and people who are still my friends to this day. Um, that was one of the, like, you know, like Kenneth and, and working at the store and all the trips oh, yeah, and, and just like, that was, it was, was a life changing I mean, experience. And, man, and that so. was, it's crazy for, you know, Mark Jacobs at the time, was hot a lot of people who listen to this might not even know like mark james because he's kind of faded out of, of of the time now but like you know at the time he was super hot yeah the pay was again at the time minimum wage or whatever i was making at puma i remember i remember what i jumped to from puma to mark in san francisco and then i remember kind of just you being in that same position like yeah you're making all right money and like that's from i remember saying that too you were like i don't know shit about fashion i was like dot like this number and you were like yep <laughs> like, yeah. like let's go and it was, just, <laughs> it was like fuck and, and it really was like in a weird way like 
it was like a culture changing for some like i mean you're talking about like me again i was going i i went to my interview at mark jacobs on a skateboard you know what i mean you're talking about you coming back like background hip-hop you know what i mean fucking like we never experienced somebody like we're, we were selling fucking thousand dollar sweaters bro we were selling two thousand dollar handbags we were you know what i mean like we never experienced i'm damn sure never bought that shit i don't really even my mom didn't have any like designer <laughs> purses or any of that shit. You know what I mean? So it was definitely like a culture shift. And like what you say about like the experience, I don't, it's, if you're absolutely right, I, I, I should look at it more like that, but like the opportunities that gave us and like, yeah, to, to go to New York and, and to get paid well and to, to lace us with crazy clothes and like just think, just things crazy. that like we just hadn't experienced before. And then around all of that, like, Bro, if reality shows were cracking during that time, we could have had a reality show in that store. <laughs> All the people, the characters, the the, the 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 mini worlds that revolved around all the things that happened over that time. I mean, shit, what? We worked together for, what, two years, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, give, do, do yeah man. No, that, was, that was fucking... You know? But it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about our exchange man. of energy because... You say, you know, I offered you an opportunity on that sense and and on the flip, like you were literally the one and I've said these verbatim words before, but that that put the Battleborn shirt on my back. Like you you were the one that that put me in the crew. You were the one that opened my world because just like you and that's the Battleborn way, we're all kind of dicks. You know, nobody wants to talk like like it was you who like started it and then you got atn who was like more accepting of me and it was like cool and we vibe guillaume still was like no like guillaume took i don't know how long for me to come around until guillaume was just like well i guess this motherfucker's not leaving so you know what i mean like i, I guess i guess i'm gonna have to be cool with them because at some point i just can't keep you know what i mean but but yeah, I mean, it, so it's interesting to think about that. You know what I mean? Like, I exposed you to one one side, one way, and then you you exposed me like to the to the opposite. Like I was saying, the true my true friends were b boys. Like the the truest part of the culture that I've ever been in was was directly through you. You know, without that bridge, like like you said, nobody would have said shit at it, at fucking taboo other than you. You know what I mean? So yeah, because we didn't really. I mean, like we didn't really do that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I mean, and I, I talked, um, who was I talking to? It was Profo uh, a couple weeks back. And, um, we were talking about the necessity of change in, in hip hop in terms of like that kind of standoffish haterism that I was, br- I was brought up to feel yeah, about other people's I mean, hip hop. But in, like, in essence, right. And sorry to cut you off, but like, just to pause it. It's a, in essence, that that is the era of hip hop we came from, though. That's battling. That's that's always that's the b boy mindset. That's an MC mindset. That's a graffiti art mindset. And like, I mean, get I guess to a DJ or a producer somewhat, but like, it was. I see your art. I recognize your art. But I'm better. I'm gonna get up higher than you, or over you, or climb to a better spot. I'm gonna rap and diss you harder than me. I'm gonna break my moves are better than yours. It it, it comes from an un it comes from a place and obviously this is where hip hop came from right of a place of like unrest but it comes from a place of being unsatisfied and always being like i'm like always wanting more always wanting to be better right than the next person so like that that mindset that we had of like fuck you i don't know you it, 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 i want to hear what you were talking about profile cuz i cut you off but my point is we're rooted in that because that was the no. essence of of hip hop 
to us at that time. You know what I mean? In, in a sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, and um, a lot of it, you know, like in, in that conversation I was having with him, like a lot of it comes from the insecurity, uh, the, the male, like, like prime example, like right now, when you were just talking about me, we met, you was 21. Like I was 24. Oh yeah. We were basically kids like that. Pe- I mean, 24 oh, is a man, but that. also basically it's, it's the kid. worst part about you know what being mean? So it's a like, quote unquote man. Cause you think you're a man. And, and so you're walking around with your chest and your nuts out, like right. you're fucking big shit. And, and it's even funny because there's stages of that. A 24-year-old will look at a 21-year-old like, you fucking kid. And then a 27-year-old will look at a 24-year-old like, God, you're so young. You know what I mean? But it's like, no, you guys are all still fucking kids. But yeah, yeah. whatever. You're a man. But, you know, we were kids. It's for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, like to, to trace that through, like, like the experience at Mark Jacobs and what we're talking about right now with the uh, the, the growth. Okay, so to kind of cap what I was saying about me and Profo's conversation. We was like, basically, you know, like as you get older as a man, you get older, you know, I'm going to be 40 this year, you know, it's like, and I want to be in hip hop. I want to still embrace this culture that I love and has given me so much, but I can't embrace it in the competitive. I mean, not saying you can't be competitive at 40, but like a 20 year old motherfucker move different than I do. And he moved better. So it's like, the relevance of like trying to one up somebody whose physical body is just capable of more in mind is irre- it's it's unrealistic and it will only cause jealousy, insecurity, and frustration for me. So I have to find a way to be accepting, nurturing, and um, teaching in the culture. Yeah, I feel you, but instead that's because of you progress like, past that part and you've lived through that part. You know, I mean, you 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 know, it's it's um, yeah. God, what's the guy's name? He he's a classic. It's the path of the hero or the hero's journey. It's is what it's called. Joseph Campbell. There you go. It's oh, Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell. You, know what I mean? yeah. you, you went through the struggle of of finding the art and then sucking at the art and then finding through and then getting good at the art and going through the battle. And then no matter what, you know what I mean? You went through it. And now you're to the point where you're past the battles and you're you're now you're to the point where you're teaching. I mean, it, that's that's what the hero's journey is. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's. It's true, yeah. though. That shift has to happen. And, and it, it, of course, you know, it makes it makes perfect sense. You're talking to Profo about it because fucking he's he's in the same place, you know, where even he stayed training. Like, I'm not taking yeah. it away. He still get out, motherfuckers. Profo will still give you something, you know, uh, more than you and I will. But that's for sure. Fucking. But uh, but he, you know, he's still to that same journey where, you know, he's 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 a he's a generation above us. So he's even one up, you know, so. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, that's, that's, it's, you do have to change it. You do have to find, but it's, it's almost like it's natural, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it, it, I think it takes, it takes, um, people different, you know, everybody's journey is different. We get to where we, uh, we got to go at different times, but I'm, I'm happy that, uh, you know, I, I'm starting to realize that and starting to try to find ways like this show and, and, you know, interacting with people and, and stuff like that to give that, uh, to give my experience back. Because for a long time, once I realized that I wasn't going to be able to dance, I was just hella bitter, man. Like, I was just bitter. And then I hurt my leg real bad. I hurt my leg in 2017. Uh, But even before that, for like three or four years, I was just a bitter-ass old dude uh, who didn't – I I couldn't see how to be relevant. So, like, I mean, you know, that's – and then, like, you know, like we were just saying with the the journey, I I had to find that on my own. But I'm just grateful – that there's still a place for me at the table as long as I don't like 
you know, be trying to like yeah, bully my way to the head of the table. Like, watch out about that. Once you're not, you know what I mean? It's like, the level where you know, it's not about bullying yourself at the table. It's, it's knowing that your seat is, is there. It's just there. You know what I mean? You've been in the kitchen too much. I've, I've cooked the meals and sat at that table and set that table too much. You know what I mean? So like, you know, you never have to like, even worry, like that bitterness comes from almost like a fear, you know what I mean? of of like well how like what else am i doing if i if i feel like something i lived and loved my entire life is now no no longer accessible to me you're scared you're like what the fuck you know what i mean and we we all go through that as as in like a bunch of you know we're getting older i'm 35 now you know you're you're the same and and fucking um even even from a physical like just outside of breaking i mean shit just going to the gym or running or, or playing basketball and just being like fuck i can't i need to stretch twice as long i need like watch and 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 maybe like i hate to, <laughs> to jump on like the gender thing and, and the masculinity thing but as a man that's that's tough to watch your physical peak at a 27 year old decline for the next seven years and not be as strong like and and where you grow but see it's it's the balance right because where you grow as that man you just know now now you're like i'm not gonna beat you with that fucking if we were talking basketball that drive hard to the basket i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna set a really good screen and then drop a, a drop pass to my you know what I mean? To my, to my teammates. So like, you just know more. So it's like where you decline in your physical, you, you excel in your mental. And that's exactly, you know, like what you're saying and taking it. So it's just, like I said, it's going back and just knowing that, that, that seat is always going to be there, especially when you built, when you help build that table when you help build that dining room, when you help build that kitchen. Um, and it's, you know, and then, and that's, yeah, man. And it's good. I'm, I'm glad, you know what I mean? I mean, the bitterness was always kind of your charm though. Right. <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, but it's all right, you know. I mean, it's, it's, cool to, like, it's cool to see that journey, and then you know, the more you go on that journey, you just realize, like, fuck, I, we don't know shit. You know what I mean? We don't know anything, and now we're just here to like try to point yeah. the younger kids in the fucking in that in that right direction. Yeah, man, and and you know, it's funny that you mentioned too, like uh, with Guillaume, and then like uh, just. Like, oh, I guess he's motherfucking not leaving. Yeah. I got it. I guess I got to be cool with him eventually. It took me for the. I mean, I, I'm like the. I guess I'm the cr- the cranky old uncle or whatever. But like, it took me the longest time to even like address the youngsters. Like they'd be at practice, I'd be like, man, yeah. this is here again. Like, God dang. And, it, and they wasn't going nowhere. So now you know they're young, and I. But I mean, I have such a. Um, you know, I have such a great respect for them dudes, man. In terms of like. I mean, they're all multi-talented dudes, like with music and and the dancing and and just, you know what I mean. Like some of it, I don't understand because I'm old as fuck. But I mean, they they just they really yeah. are good cats, and so I'm grateful had, to have them. We in had the family, to be kind of so, standoffish to people, you know, it's, and it's, like it makes sense about the staying around because a lot of people wanted to come down to us. A lot of people wanted to be down with us, and and they'd come for a little bit, and then you yeah. phase out. So it like it got to a point where like I'm not gonna. Until you show me that you're like really around, I'm not gonna. And they did, and they and they were like down. And I mean, but it always it, it, the kids the kids vibe with us, and and it was natural for them to get with us because they got down with us how we all got down with each other, and because we we connect on a lot more levels than just breaking. And that's bullshit. And like when it really comes down, to like what you said, they're super oh, for sure. multi talented. They're they're great. They're fucking. They're they're breaking mindset is is on point too they 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 look at the dance the way we all looked at the dance and look at the dance currently and are still you know i mean champion champion it champion it up i think think houston's on the books people are talking uh for september maybe oh shit yeah man i mean i mean i'm gonna start uh, hopefully 
financially I'll be in a place to start moving around more. Like this last year has been kind of a, you know, not even in a negative way. I'm, I'm actually really grateful for the process, like uh, the reconstruction aspect of like finally having an idea in my mind, you know, we, we, me and you, I mean, we've been talking about, you know, we'll get into that creative stuff here in a second, but I, I, we've been talking about like building in a creative space for, yeah. it's just been about two years now, you know, like, I remember, you know, when you were starting the, the blog and, the, you know, stuff like that and like all this stuff I've been, you know, it's, I'm finally starting to find my feet up underneath me about this being a reality of something that's possible to do and me starting to see what I want it to look like and just moving in that direction. So hopefully by the end of the year, when people say, you know, like start mentioning these trips and stuff, because I want to start going, like, I, I don't mind yeah. doing this stuff satellite, but I like to sit down with people. So ultimately for me, my goal was to yeah. end up at somebody's in their yeah, city and, that, and just sit down and do it. Better, so, so yeah, you get a realer connection. I think, you know what I mean? Um, the satellite thing is great too. And especially when you know somebody, it's like, that's going to come out anyway, but like to be able to, to actually sit with somebody and like you said, like really like touch, 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 touch down where they are is, is dope for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man. And yeah, like, man. yeah, dude. Fuck, I feel you. Like, I'm still like all over the place creatively, man. I the blog has still been on kind of a pause. Um, and I know, like, you know, and and it's dope that you said you're like find your footing. It's kind of inspiring to me because fucking, I I I feel like I should more for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's cool. Yeah, like once I think the hardest thing about starting anything creatively is finding your. It's like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? What do you want to portray? What do you want to talk about? You know what I mean? Like, what do you want to like? And and that's tough because when you're, it sounds simple. What do you want? What do you want to talk about? You know what I mean? But that's, it's hard because when you're intelligent and multifaceted, you're like, fuck, I want to talk about everything. I want to do all, I want to do all of it. I want to, I want to, you know, I'm, I was always <laughs> kind of good at, you know, if you're an artist, I was kind of good at painting. I was always kind of good at photography. I was always kind of good at that. And you just kind of, you know, but just to focus it down and just be like, just do, just do like the one thing and just get like your, your focus. And I don't know, something for me that, that really helped. Cause I still, it's hard for me to focus. Like I do photography is my main, but should I edit? I do video. I do some graphic design. I, I fucking, I'll do web design. Like, dude, I do live streaming. And, and then within each genre, I mean, of a video shoot is shot completely different than a commercial shoot video wise. And then same as stills, if I'm doing an event still wise is completely different than a beauty shoot or a fashion shoot. So it's like, there's all these different facets. And I know for me, something that helps is uh, less specifically, I guess, about what you're doing and more about just like how you do it and, and staying true to how you do. It. And that's like your style, right? That's your taste is, is how, how you do all the things that you do and, and how that's the, that's the thread between all of them that makes, makes all of them kind of work. Even if you can only, if you can't focus on one thing, some people are great at just being like, I'm a photographer. That's it. I don't, I don't do anything else. This is what I focus on. And if you can do yeah. that, that's, that's awesome. You're going to, if you can, yeah, you can dish. You can niche completely out, them. but I feel like today's <laughs> landscape, um, those those people are a little few and far in between. Um, the technology, it's right. You're, yeah, you're. You might just be a photographer, but you're still holding a 4K video camera too, because that's all all the DSLRs do. You know what I mean? If you have a computer and you say you do, you know, whatever, like you, you know, you're doing your 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 show, 
you could also have the you also have the ability to, to other outlets just because it's in front of you already. So like you know just because of the technology, we have other ways. And the landscape these days is just like has have as many pokers in the fire as possible, right? So I don't know, but all the way back like uh, yeah. to the jack of all trades again to, to define your style, to define your taste. And what your taste is, and and I think taste, and we can get into like taste as as a thing later if you want, but like to define your style and, and like your specific taste, I think that's a, a better overall arcing thing that can like pull it all together um, instead of instead of harping on on the individual, you know. Well, this is one thing that I've noticed. Okay, so to kind of like tidbit on all those different things, like for one. We live in an we live in an age where it's 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 realistically possible to do little bits of everything without having to invest significant amount of money or time or training. So like, I'm not a photographer, but I can take pictures, nigga. So it's like, you know what I mean? And so that's a it's a weird time where like, the um the fine art training and technical know how is is it, I mean you still shine if you're a photographer in a room full of niggas to take pictures. But at the same time, like the average, there's a weird dichotomy between the average consumer's taste and like, like it's like being like a, a sommelier, you know what I mean? A sommelier. It's like you, I, I'm a drunk. I'm not a sommelier. All liquor tastes the same to me. So it's like, but like the guy with the refined palate is like, oh, you can, you can taste the notes of the. I'm like, nigga, it's alcohol. So most people are me in most fields. And then there's like the above and beyond that goes into like, like the, you know, like the, the director versus like, you know, the guy that makes a movie and all these things. So it's like, we're in a really weird place technologically uh, and um, in terms of like access and the ability to get your, your, whatever it is you do to more people, independent creator platforms are bigger than they have ever now with, been. With, with, Obviously, uh, everyone you got SoundCloud. Everyone, you know, like, look how Zoom blew up. Look, I mean, I mean, I know oh, yeah. that's not necessarily oh, yeah. a creator platform, but we're talking about technology apps. But like what you were just saying, SoundCloud. Um, what are what are some of the other music ones? Um, Shit, I don't know. I know SoundCloud, but I know it's like I mean, you, but okay. But here's the thing: yeah, for, sure. for artists too, artists can be on Spotify. You know, like Spotify, SoundCloud, um, DistroKid. I think is one. Uh, my boy, uh, he's a, he's a producer. And he does like yeah. it's another independent yeah, music, there, but there's a billion of them. So it's like, and it's there's a yep. billion doses for every single thing yep. you do. There's a billion platforms for independent video. There's a billion platforms for like, and a billion is you know obviously it's an exaggeration, but like we're we're at a place now where you you almost you're being flooded with what they call quote unquote sure. content. Yeah, absolutely, it's awesome. like, and so it's they like say, they say the the average person's. Um, and this was last year, so it might have shortened by now. But they say you have seven seconds is, is the average person's attention span before they're swiping or going to the next thing or whatever. So that just lets you – it shows you how much we're being inundated with media and sounds and stuff that we're, we have a seven-second attention span. You know what I mean? Uh, no, it's not. And, and That's not a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a trip. But it's – I mean, yeah, like you said, sorry, I'll cut you off, but – no, but it's, it's true, man. It, but it's true. And it's like in that seven seconds, 
and I noticed it for myself because I spent a lot of time on Instagram and doing a bunch of YouTube and all this. So it's like, and I'll be doing, I need, I'm doing multiple things at once, but not really doing anything. So I got my laptop open with a bunch of tabs up and my phone I'm on and, you know, the PlayStation's on or whatever. And so it's like, sometimes I just have to chill, but you know, speak, speaking on what we're speaking on, it's like, it's a good time to get out there, but it's also a difficult time to get out there. Like you said, trying to find your voice. Like, and I think a lot of like, I struggled with a long time. Like, what do I want to say versus what do I think people want to hear? And I realized that they're really kind of the same because you gravitate towards people for what they're saying, not necessarily. In, oh, I need to find somebody who's talking about a weird the way. Team. They're the same. What, I mean, this, like, you know, whatever. I'm not saying again, this isn't a negative, but they're the same because they both don't matter. It people people aren't listening to. Right, people true. are listening to you. It's not. It's not what you're saying. You could say whatever if you have a certain personality. If you, I mean, like. It may be it may be like a the, the you know the pinnacle example because he's like everything but like what does PewDiePie say? Like like who like who the fuck no he doesn't say anything yeah. you know what I mean but he's like the highest grossing YouTuber because he just he's PewDiePie you know what I mean so like it doesn't it doesn't matter the and that's also part of that hero's journey of I was actually just having this conversation with an artist friend of mine she's a painter and she was talking about not giving a fuck you just said uh, it in terms of what you want to say versus what people want to want to hear she was talking about what what she wanted to paint and I was talking about what I wanted to shoot photo wise versus what sells like what what we can make commercially and that's actually why I got into video and all those things because of exactly what we're talking about the technology available the ready like I'm already holding a 4k video camera I might as well learn how to shoot video but is it really want to do like you you're going to start to learn like holy shit when mm -hmm. i check my analytics and when we talk about certain things here and there these things pop like maybe i should start to spike the conversations a little bit with these topics more you know what i mean you're going to start to learn and that's but you know that's part of the thing it's parting to always try to like refine about like again it's why i learned how to shoot video she started painting a little bit differently you know all these things but then eventually you come back around to it because in that aspect you lose you lose the innocence of what you had in the beginning of that, of that experimental, just like what I want to talk about and the freeness, because now you're, you're trying to curtail to whatever the hell you're trying to curtail to. Um, and then again, you'll, you'll run out of that. Like that you'll, the yeah. arc is to come out of that and then eventually come back. And it's kind of actually more where you're at right now about where you're in the teaching phase about realizing, like, I don't know shit. I'm here to teach people. So I'm just going to talk about what I know. Um, and then like, she was saying the same thing with her painting. She's like, I'm to the point where like, I don't really care. Like I'm going to paint what I want to paint. And if people want to buy my shit, like that, my joke and my saying with her is like, yeah, you just sell people. This shit is sold as is like sell yourself as is. And if people don't want to buy it, if people don't want to listen, if people don't want to look at my photos or her paintings or listen to your shit, who cares? Like you, you are, you are as is, you know what I mean? And you're to the point now where you're confident enough in that. And like, you can talk about what you want and that'll, and that alone will draw people, you know what I mean? Well, and the thing about this, artistically speaking, too, like, you know, it's like we're in, a, again, like I say, we're in a place where it's like everybody's doing, not everybody, but a large majority of people are doing something, trying to explore some talent, trying to, you know, get themselves out to somebody in some way. And the reality is, man, it's like you could just as easily not get cracking by trying to do like you are. Oh, OK, uh, uh, this is what people want to see. So I'm going to take uh, photos of, uh, you know, half naked women in uh in a bowl of oatmeal and that shit still might not be cracking. So then you just the dude right. that took a picture that you didn't want to take really. And it still wasn't cracking. So it's like, 
the you got a 50 50 chance of your shit being popping anyway so it's like you might as well just do what you want to do and if it's good and people uh you know um you know adapt to it then then you know like that'll be cool and if not um yeah that's cool too because you're doing what you want to do you know so it's like you know that's just uh that's the reality of it man so um but yeah, I want to take a uh, I want to take take a quick break, man, and get into some music, uh, and then I want to go back to the beginning uh, of when you when you pulled back up, you went back to LA and started doing your photography thing full time. When we get back. Produced uh, uh, by uh, Circumstances make the man Too bad some can't understand Life is like a game of horse Always rich but take a chance Cause when you speak the truth They don't wanna see you advance Money bring evil Yet everybody got an open hand Barely dream is very odd The real get camouflaged Past is still from God Respect fake follow the side Seem like you get more likes Being a fraud Flashing money till they figure out It's a mirage Wish it was a fact The system holding us back It's legal to kill blacks Hard to sleep now picture that Watch the snowfall we Get deeper than rap They still profiting off supplying this crack Was taught young Show no emotion on purpose And agree to have you poison Was you mingle with serpents Friends become shady Niggas take because they lazy In touch with gravity Pulling strings like a ukulele Just for my niggas Who don't care about making the lead Nobody care about going to the Ballin' on you niggas Like they made the league Still ballin' on you. Got full scholarships Yeah, to the streets And no matter what, stay on top Here in scheme Stay on top A dollar to my name Without a dream Only one dollar to my name Without a dream What you supposed to do if you never dreamed, never ever dreamed. Had nightmares, had a lot of nightmares. Success, what is you it? gotta define it. Huh? Usually it's monetary, while many despise it. Uh. When they see you taking off, just like a pilot. Haters. Wanna ride the wave, accumulate mileage. Stop digging ditches, focus on polish. Uh-huh. Become self-sufficient, just like the Amish. Defense on point like GP with the Sonics. I mastered the arts of lyrical phonics. Every bar pertinent within Every lyrical bar. content. God sent, look within, not look to the within. stars in the comments. This generation fried, I ain't talking fried. about Omelets. It's really the parents just being honest. Energy misdirected with nothing accomplished. Sit down, be humble, not stubborn and pompous. Keep your circle small, no squares around this. I could do bad alone, I don't need an accomplice. Yeah. Just for my niggas who don't care about making the league. I might care about going to the league. Balling on you niggas like they made the league. Still balling on Got full scholarships. Yeah, to the streets. Stay on top, here in scheme. Stay on top. A dollar to my name. Without a dream. Only one dollar to my name. Without a dream. What you supposed to do if you never dream? Never ever dream. Had nightmares. Had a lot of life.
All right, we are back. We're back. Um, yeah, man, I just like to take you know a little bit of time to uh, showcase uh, independent artist music, man. Music. I, I, you know, I know a couple. I got a couple homeboys and homegirls that do dope stuff, man. And I'm just trying to uh, showcase the best I can. So, um, yeah, man, let's go back. Uh, let's go back to the beginning um, of. You know, you was here in Vegas. Uh, I know you had did some some stuff out here, uh, like photography-wise and stuff like that. But then you moved to L.A. and kind of just went into it full speed. So, well, tell me a little bit more about that. How was that? What was that like? Um, it's interesting, man. It was, it was tough. It was a transition. It definitely, even even at full speed, you don't just jump right in uh, to creating and, and make money, you know. So I supplemented uh for a minute doing like craft bartending got really into like the craft bartending scene um because around that time six seven shit i guess more than that like eight nine years ago now when i first moved back to la um it was just popping off like all the all the speakeasy shit all the fucking you know all all, all the like things that are kind of semi-standard now but um so yeah when i first moved back here i had to get on my feet and, and supplement income so i did that um, and then just little by little just started building. Um, I actually assisted out here for for a minute and that was some of the best experience that I ever that I ever got. I would I would highly recommend anybody who's like trying to be a photographer get really into like and, and doesn't really know where to start. Like if you're at that level where your stuff is good, you're ready to like be in a professional setting, but you don't really know where to start. You don't have contacts, things like that. Besides always trying to sell yourself, like go assist or go ask to assist a photographer that you like. And, um, and it's gotta be a fit. Of course, you know, that photographer has got to want to take on, um, I mean, you're not going to get a first assistant. Usually big photographers have first assistants, second assistants, and third assistants, like all the way down the line. And usually third assistants are unpaid. They're interns. But that's what I did. Um, I did an unpaid internship for a little bit. And I'm talking like, shit, I was 26. So don't let the word internship fuck you either. You know what I mean? No matter how old you are, whatever. It is what it is. So I was unpaid. And I was working for this photographer. His name is Chris McPherson um super successful the most f successful photographer i've ever had close contact with like he beautiful studio beautiful home um has traveled all over has shot uh lebron james um fucking conor mcgregor uh shot a lot for espn shot a lot of film stuff like he shoots amazingly like celebrity portraits and and like cool like um environmental portraits but like all kinds of sports guys, all kinds of movie stars. And, and that's kind of the stuff we shot. I, I got on set with him and, and it was my first real big jobs that I was like seeing how everything was running. So when I first moved to LA, man, and I was doing the bar jobs and I was working downtown a lot, I would see the big grip trucks that had all the gear and like they'd be open because, you know, LA, everyone's always filming and shooting in LA. And you mm. saw that gear and like that shit was intimidating as fuck, dude. I was so I was like, what the fuck is all that? Like what I got I got a camera and I got a flash and <laughs> and I got a couple lenses, but like why do they have like all that shit? And then like, you know, once you get in the setting, you start to realize, oh, that guy's the sound guy, that guy's the you know, if you're on if you're on a, a movie set, you know, or, you know, motion set, on a skill set, you're like, all right, that guy's that guy's the grip, that guy's the assistant, that guy's the producer, that guy's the client, that's the makeup artist, that's the talent. You start to identify all the different pieces and and to go on shoots like with Chris. I went, we shot, um, or he shot, and I assisted. Uh, we shot 
Kendrick Lamar for Reebok when he released those like those Reebok shoes. We shot all the Avengers like for for Disney. Um, the whole cast of like Jungle Book for um, for Disney as well. Um, on set we shot Little Yachty. I was on set for that one. Um, we did like a visa campaign with like all these Olympic athletes. Like I was on, I was on some big shit that like really opened my eyes. Like I eventually started getting paid. All those I got paid for um, after yeah. after the free internship and just working in his office. But even even the structure of working in his office and seeing how you really run a photography business was really eye opening. So yeah, sorry to try to <laughs> just get stuck no. on that. But uh, but yeah, so I assisted. It's dope. Yeah, I assisted him and 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 got some really really valuable knowledge and and then basically got to a point where I was like, all right, I want to start putting myself. I still there's a couple of photographers out that I still happily assist. Um, yeah, I don't think you're ever. I don't think you can ever stop learning. I don't think you ever should be above yourself to be like, oh, I don't assist anymore. I mean, some guys I've heard that. I've actually reached out to some some photographers that shit i helped come up or like i watched them come up and i'll be like hey man like you know do you want to assist like i i a paid gig great great you know 500 bucks for the day just to like help me out to shoot some shit nah man i don't i don't assist anymore man i'm I'm doing like i'm doing like this shit and i'm just like fuck all right cool go for that you know <laughs> but i don't think you should ever like you should ever turn down like you can always learn shit you can always whatever so but um but yeah, so then after assisting and, and still doing some assisting, I, I kind of ventured out into my own. I, I broke away from bar work and just like went on the freelance life and, and fuck freelance life is tough, man. That's another thing. Don't ever go in. They always say, you know, freelancers and, and small business owners are the only people that will leave 40 hours a week to work six to work less to work to be free to but work like 60, 70 hours a week. Like that's just right. that's the nature of it. And and especially like, you know, photo wise and media wise, that shit is net 60, net 90 pay wise. So you got to you got to come up with the idea. You got to approach the client. You got to propose to the client. You got to create the bid. You got to write the invoices. You got to do all this work pre even getting paid. Hopefully you, you, you land the job. Once you land the job, you got to do the job. You got to set up all that, your rentals, everything that you got to post the job and make sure everything goes well after the shoot. And then the edits and all that shit and deliverables. And you always have feedback and you got to do all that shit. And by the end of that, so that's the whole process. And then they're like, all right, cool. You're in our books to get paid. So to, so to learn, to learn that process and know that like you could be working steady, but you're still going to be like 60 days out, 90 days out from your, from getting invoices and things like that. So that, yeah, that's, that whole thing was like a really interesting process to learn, especially coming from a bar craft bar world where like you could go to somebody and be like, yo man, let me get your shift tonight. And you can just make that $300 cash in your pocket right then like that, where you really have to learn how to budget. And so I mean, I don't know if uh, unsolicited advice. Sorry, I don't know if that's what this is. <laughs> but yeah, if, no, if, yeah. If anybody's starting, you know, assist and then and then learn about the finance part of it, man, because that's more of it than anything. Um, well, you know, like, and not to not to interrupt, but you know, to kind of touch on that, um, I think I think a lot of people because we don't. Um, have access to the knowledge the of how these things are structured there's a misconception for anybody who wants to get into an industry and they're like oh well you know you take a picture you get paid yeah. and it's like you have to you know, you know and like oh well i like you said people uh try to solicit themselves or you know or just jump straight into freelance and not have any base or any foundation or any knowledge of the structure or how the business works or how you actually get paid how do you build a clientele you know like yeah 
it's important. Those are the technical frameworks of these industries that a lot of people don't see and they just jump in with their dick in their hand and the camera like, fuck it, I'm a photographer. It's like, bro, yeah, but you know, so that's important. I think it's good to get the insight. Thank you for that. Yeah, and I mean, and that, you know, that can work sometimes. If you're in the right place at the right time and you're around people and and you can capture great shit in a moment like i know a couple i know a couple of real young directors and and they're good they're they're good at what they do but they have access like you know they're 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 shooting like up and coming rappers because they're they're around them not not because of anything else other than like they're next to the dude with the ca- like they're with the camera and they're next to the dude and that guy's like yo you want to shoot my video so then they're getting put on like because of that which is dope that that's great but that that's another thing like i i learned so after after assisting and after after going uh you know assisting doing my thing breaking out a little bit i landed some some cool gigs of event event stuff but i was working for big clients i i shot um sundance film festival for youtube i shot south by southwest for for youtube i i had i remember that yeah, yeah. i had a couple google gigs i had i had some couple things i i had a company with a partner um that uh we dissolved since then because because that had its own trials and tribulations which is another lesson make sure you whenever you jump into anybody make sure you aren't signing anything that you don't want to and and all those things like make sure you protect yourself but and that was fine and like that's not like a i I didn't get fucked my my partner and our our ex-partner and are still super cool freaking cool guys we just don't you know our business structures both individually change he does his individual thing i do my individual thing we actually still work together often we hire each other it's it's awesome it's just the structure of our business was wrong but um but yeah so we did but but all the way back to taking advantage like or all the way back to those guys that get those opportunities if you're one of those people that in a place where you're like, like I, I was getting those good jobs cause I had friends that were producers and, and that's, I mean, that's a lesson in itself, dude. Like show face, no show as many people because everybody has cameras these days. The, 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 the shit is so saturated that, that producers and the people that hold the keys to you getting work are are usually the people that you're out with and having drinks with and you see out and like they just are reminded because they know 20 photographers but they're just like oh dude i saw that guy last night he's cool as fuck i, I wanted to do my video or i wanted to you know what i mean whatever the fuck it is uh yeah yeah so just that that facetime and just like really being in your network is is always great uh, well Oh, I was going to say, you know, just like uh, to touch on, we talked about that in the last segment about like um, the sheer number uh, and the the um, the discerning tasting, the discerning palate of the average consumer is not at the level of like fine art appreciation as right. a part of like a lot of people don't have. And just to use photography as a frame of reference, a lot of people don't have the eye for the lighting or the right. composition or or and to them, it's just like, oh, that's a dope picture of Travis Scott with his hands right. up. Like, but the photographer's looking like, oh, you see the angle and this is that, yeah. that, that. So, like, you're, you're, you, it stands to reason that you have to balance yourself. Like, you have to poise yourself to be personable in a position to get work. And then you can excel yourself into a place to make the refined art if you're so inclined to yeah. do that. But a lot of people just want pictures of Spider Man. They go, I want my pictures. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. care. Like, they, you yeah. know, it's and like, knowing, knowing so. the business structure, like, that's with all things, man. That's, that those that the majority of people that you're talking about, I always talk about it when I when I think about 
trends, when I think about what's cool, what I think about um, even it happens in, in waves of news. Um, it, it happens in kind of all things. And there's these four segments of people. There's um, the first segment is innovators. And we're going to go. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trailing off topic a little bit. But I, I, no, I just love this like analogy of like I, I learned it in a business class. I, I fucking one of my classes. It's like one of the only things I picked up from this fucking class. But uh, <laughs> uh, the first the first set of people are innovators. And the innovators are the people that are like so far in front and they're like almost looked at as weird. Like we're talking less than 10% of the population. Like these are like the fucking Murakami and, and David Bowie and like people that like mm. at the time that they're doing shit, it's like so advanced that like people almost don't get it. They're, they're sometimes even persecuted for being like Freddie Mercury looking like, you know what I mean? Like people that are people that are so in front of, of shit culturally and doing their own thing that it's setting the trends inadvertently for other people. Right. Those are, that's the first, the first segment. The second segment is, is called the early adapters. And that's where like, your normal like kind of like cool people are like i would say that's like where you and i that's like you know what i mean that's like where people who like they get the innovation they see david bowie and where all these people like are like what the fuck is this guy doing you're like nah he's onto some shit like check this guy out you know what i mean by that time the innovators are already on to the next by the time you catch on to what they're doing that's cool they're already bored of it they're already on the next list. so the early adapters are maybe about 20 percent of the population but they're like cool people they're, they're the people that see it adapt early they're they're really the trendsetters because the early the innovators are just doing shit to do it they, you know what i mean they're on that weird they're like fucking weird they're like that weird artist people right as yeah, they feel yeah. it's they're like just shit. like they're like out they're like i'm talking like bjork like people that are just like so innovative and crazy with their shit even kanye at times was like that like he's kind of you know yeah. he, he's kind of more business and and whatever but you know when he did 808 and heartbreak that was like so different so you know whatever he was an innovator now everybody's exactly. singing on the yeah, hip hop exactly. records. Right? You know I mean? so, <laughs> it's like so. Then you have the, the the second group, which is again us, the cool people, the the early adapters, and then you got this third group, and this is who you're talking about. These are the, this is the general population. This is about like sixty percent of the fucking population, where it's just like people that are like they're they're late. They're not like late to the trends, but they're like they catch on to them. It's everyone's they they do what the masses do. They know they they buy shit that's cool. They like that's most people, dude. Like the most people. And by this time, the innovators are so gone. The early adapters are already doing that thing. Like, oh, you're skating, bro. I was skating. Yeah, skating. I was skating. <laughs> oh, not, like they're the ones that hate it, hate on shit. Like it was the b boys that hate on fucking. So you think you can dance and that, that type shit because they were like, man, it's just you know what I mean. It was that shit. And then the last fucking fucked up group, and unfortunately, usually is like a lot of people that have like money. These are like rich people are the late adapters. They're really late. They usually just try to buy into trends. They're like old rich white people, basically that are like, oh, you know what's cool is the fucking is is the TikTok. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Say saying lit yeah. <laughs> like you're the kids why why is everything lit up the kids are saying lit oh I, what you know what is this so anyway those are the four things so but i always like to like think about that about like when you think about all these things and like those like what you're saying those that mass of people that's your general most people are those people and then even worse you got the 10 percent after that that are late after that so when you're like thinking about your taste levels and your things and all those things like unless you're like one of those out there people you're probably in that little like 20 percent, and like that's really you can make stuff for that 60%, but if you make stuff for that 20% second group, then the 60% will eventually catch on anyway. And then you're all already on True. to the next once they catch on. So you're always kind of a little bit ahead, right. you know? Um, yeah. 
That's actually pretty dope. That's a pretty dope way to look at it, man. Analogy. Yeah, I just I don't know where I was going with any of it, but it's. <laughs> but for me, like, okay, for what my takeaway from that is that, like, I'm not the ten percent. I'm not. I'm Most not a people genius. Are. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm fairly above the curve in terms of like like liking shit before it was cool, but I'm also kind of set in my ways about certain shit. Like I, I you know, but so it's like. I, I would say that I'm like at the bottom half of the 20% of people that's just about to be the 60% of motherfuckers that just get it when it's time to get it. But like you're saying in a creative space, like it behooves you as a creator to create things for the forward thinker because the uh, level headed thinker will get exactly. it next year. It might not pop 2020, but 2021, your shit is going to exactly. be on fire. So, so yeah, I mean, it's something to consider as somebody who's creating something like, and, and, you know, and the thing about uh, my my impression of the 10% at the front, the genius level creator or artist or musician, there's just like the, I don't care what you think. And it's because I really, and, and not like I'm saying I don't care, but I legitimately don't care enough to where I don't even say that I don't care. That person, to, they do yeah, what they it goes want. Exactly, exactly what I said. Like we were about to fucking say at the same time, it goes back to making the art that you want or saying, like how you said, saying what you want versus talking about what people want to hear. You know what I mean? Like, there, there is a way too because like some of those crazy artist genius people. I mean, we hear about some of them because they pop and they're, you know what I mean. They're, they're, they get popular. But some crazy artist genius people just stay crazy and artists. They don't pop. They don't make money. And there's, there's a chance that that happens because. And but it's exactly what you're saying. They're doing it not for the reason to make money. You know what I mean? Where like I feel like that that next that next middle group, like, you know, the creators that are in that kind of like second group that we're talking about, they understand that they could make kind of a living out of it. And if they twist it right, so they kind of have to have, it's almost like a bridge. You kind of have to have a foot into like what the 60% is doing that third group. And then you have to kind of have to have a foot into like the really innovative shit too, but you can't be too crazy because I can't live in like a van and just like paint seascapes. You know what I mean? Like I, I you know, what I mean? right. we don't to be that crazy artist, dude. But like they make sacrifices because they really don't care. And, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, true. You know, um, but yeah. So it's, it's it, but it goes back to exactly it circles, circles back to what we were talking about about making and doing what you want versus doing what for the masses. And and I think I think the real thing is probably just balance. You know, you want to do, for the most part, what you want to do. But it's cool to kind of like, I don't know. It's cool to, to like hear comments and reply to people. I think that's like why a lot of things in this digital age are also successful is because, I mean, you look at video games, for instance, and you look at video games that have flopped on on openings and then they listen to the community and because the community says, yo, this is what you need to do. And then the game changes and then they revive themselves, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong yeah. with hearing what your people want to. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, cause like, you know, the, like you say, the majority um, are me and um, I was talking to my homeboy from New York about this the other day, like the majority of people, he was talking about his creative thing. He's like, he likes to consume. So a lot of people are consumers. So there's the, there's the, you know, like if you plan on not, I don't want to say, you know, like, but if you plan, like I, like you said, I, I like art, but I also like sleeping in the bed with the air conditioning on. Right. So like, I, I have to find a way to, to do mostly what I want, but also something that I know is going to put food on the table. And that's why some people supplement, like you say, with a nine to five or with some kind of income or doing like corporate gigs when they only really yeah. want to like paint, uh, you know, abstract structures. It's like, so 
But for me, I'm not crazy enough to not acknowledge the fact that I like to live a certain way. So, I, I mean, I exist in that space. So I'm, I'm, but also, I think there's a weird um, dichotomy there of like almost not corrupting, but almost like shooting yourself in the foot by like the, the trying to listen. Oh, well, people like yellow, so I need to make something yellow. But it's again, like I said, with the, um, you know, like shit might, it might not pop. So it was like, you know, like we, I, I struggle from that, that, uh, that thing. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I want to make what I want, but I also want people to hear it. So, so yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a balance. We got to find a balance. So maybe that, um, maybe that connection though is created through finding, cause you have to, you can't listen to all of it, right? You can't listen to this guy says, I want something yellow and I want, and this other person says, I want you to pay something blue and this other person, you know what I mean? But maybe you, maybe you find the connection by saying, well, shit, I, I really want to paint something red, right? And then you find the people that say, you should paint more things red. And then, like, there is your connection because, in essence, you're you're speaking to the crowd that you find that you truly want to speak to. And they're reinforcing the fact that you, you have an audience. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I always speak in metaphors, so I'm sorry. Those are, like, very, like, you know, we're t- we, we brought up the color shits. You know what I mean? But, like. But, but no, so, but you know true. I mean? maybe that connection is like important. Maybe you have to go through like like filtering enough and, until you find the things that are connecting with your audience. Like, like damn, like you you read a comment and you're like, damn, you're right. You know what? I would like to talk about more like that. Like that's a great comment. Thank you. Or you know what I mean? Or you know, shooting wise, like sometimes I hear people and they're like, oh, you know, you should do th- more of this and it's stuff I don't think about. And I'm like, yo, that's fucking great. Like I, I would, you know, thank you for that. And I and it's almost like inspiration. So I think you can take it like that as well. It's I think it's definitely hard to struggle with because you can't keep it. You can't keep you can't hold on to it, you know, but I don't think you ever I I think inspiration is a great word to think about. Right. Because you're never going to like in your case, you're never going to be like, damn, I really like, you know, this guy opened his podcast with with this. So I'm going to do it the same fucking way. You know what I mean? You're never right. going to copy somebody's beat as a producer. You're never going to get the exact same angle as a photographer because that's like just straight copying. I mean, you can, but that's, you know, we don't fucking, we don't like that shit. But yeah, we, 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 we frown upon those, those things. Yeah. Biting in our word. But no, but, uh, but you definitely have inspiration from that dude. You bet you definitely hear him and he's like, oh, his shit was different in this little way. And so maybe if you just keep that, those fucking quote unquote, we're talking about what the people want as all artists, maybe if we, we all keep those things kind of like in the back of our head is kind of a little bit of inspiration, but just pick out the pieces. That's what's cool as the artist. You, it's selective listening, right? We can hear what we want. We can be like, nah, you think I suck? Nah, I delete that comment. Oh, you think I'm awesome? Dope. Feel that. <laughs> Feel that one. You want to hear yeah. shit that I'm talking about that I like to talk about? Tight. You're, you're dope. Oh. Yeah, these are the kind of people. <laughs> but also in that lane, what I was going to say, too, is like um, the uh, the community building aspect. Like for me, I know like last year especially has been a lot of um, interacting with a lot. I can't say that I have a quote unquote audience or fan base, but I interact with people in my in, in, in the digital space. Um, that I want to, you know, like build a relationship with. And from that has come uh, a lot of the uh, opportunities to use people's music, the opportunities to, you know, interview people. And just from like, just from reaching out and not being, a, you know, like being a, I got a homeboy that uh, he actually made the, um, the intro to this, uh, to this show. And like, he, he's a producer. I've been, he, I've known him since we were kids and he's a dope ass producer, man. He makes dope music, but he's like, 
not socially awkward, but he just doesn't always like peopling. So it's like, he's like, how do I successfully sell beats? But also, I don't want to talk to you motherfuckers. And I'm like, it's kind of hard because, again, using the, the, the beat space, it's a million motherfuckers that make beats. And it's a lot of people that don't really know what a dope ass beat sounds like. And they're trying to rap on anything. So, like, I, I always tell him, like, you got to you don't really have to sacrifice your artistic integrity, but you have to understand who you're dealing with. And it makes it makes it easier to understand who you're dealing with by interacting with them on a one on one interpersonal basis and getting to know them. And I know when you get thousands and thousands and thousands of people on your shit, you can't do that as much. But like for a motherfucker like me who don't even have a, thou- a thousand followers on Instagram and only really like 40 people I interact with on Instagram. So it's like. Why not? You know what I mean? I said, so, um, so yeah, man, branching off from your photography once like, like, you know, like, um, I, like we talked about earlier, you know, you've been, um, you've started a couple, I guess you call them projects, but I know you travel a lot, like, eh, like once a year or twice a year, man, I see you, you somewhere and it's like some magical shit. Um, and I know you're starting to to work that into some of the stuff you got going on. So what, what other, what basically I'm asking, what other stuff you got in the pot right now? I know you're doing photography, you're doing live video, all that stuff. So let's kind of talk about what's going uh, on. Just man, a little over. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just getting to that point and kind of my hero's journey, I guess, where it's like kind of where you're at. We're talking about like really feeling about what do, what do I want to shoot? Like, again, I, I did a lot of, kind of events. Like I, I did the South by South by Southwest. I did, uh, Sundance, I did Complex Con, um, we did a bunch of Billboard concerts, um, Billboard Music concerts, we did stuff for like Ford and eBay Motors, big corporate stuff, but like I wasn't really super stoked with just doing like corporate event shit, it was a paid well, and it, it was fine, um, so I got, I kind of got into like being more like again like into that moment and that's kind of where i'm at now is like reevaluating and taking this time obviously while we have time off to kind of be like what do i want to shoot where do i want to shoot and travel is always something i mean i guess it's easy to say everyone loves to travel you know what i mean but being able to to travel and and be free and and to be able to document your travel is kind of like that next i feel like the next kind of like step and and kind of where i want to go and and especially with my media wise um kind of taking more of a lifestyle approach, travel. I, the, the thing that's hard to document travel is you you have to be traveling all the time, which is obviously expensive uh, unless you start yeah. to work angles of sponsorships and, and things like that, which comes with obviously advanced following. So that's kind of the goal is to like build up eventually, but start to work more of a lifestyle angle. Um, and I, I kind of am like branching and kind of, in kind of a couple different ways. Tony risk photography is going to still stay is really kind of the, the main stills aspect of what I'm doing. Risk media is um, kind of our new venture that I have a collaborative um, partnership with a couple different people, like super talented people that we want to take on bigger clients and kind of attack them more as teams um, and kind of the stuff we were doing for the, some of those clients, like I was saying, um, you know, Complex Con was for Smirnoff. The I, I did like SEMA car show, and that was for Ford and eBay. And and for those things, I feel like we could have presented them with with bigger, uh, just overall capabilities. You know, I was one part of a team, and I saw how the the production ran, and I was kind of like, I could be doing all of this instead of you guys piecing out the different video teams and 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 things like that. So, it, it's about putting together basically a creative agency that can tackle 
um, kind of all, all the needs of branding or marketing or digital uh, media. So that's risk media. And then um, my personal projects that I kind of have on that unfortunately are kind of on hiatus are the travel, which is like risk travel. And then a men's life daily. Um, you wrote a couple articles for, I have not been on that blog at all. I think that the next thing for that is switching to more of a video. I'm, I'm obviously mm. not shy about talking. So um, I think doing videos and doing some creative things like that, we've already started. I don't really want to talk about it too much because Men's Life Daily is going to be really about uh, the initial concept of it, again, was that if no matter what type of guy you are, there was at least one day you could check into this online magazine or this 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 video blog or this blog. And um, it was Media Mondays, Tech Tuesdays, Wardrobe Wednesdays, Thought Thursdays, Food and Drink Fridays, and Sports Saturdays. And it was just talking about all those different um, – whether they were reblogs or our own takes on things or opinions or what was going on or new products or whatever. Um, and now again, just I'm thinking about more videos, especially stuff staying home more, more just on the lifestyle tip wanting to do like the one video we did is all about bar stuff about having, um, it's a three part video, um, having different, uh, like setting up a home bar and having a proper home bar because obviously you can't go out right now. So, um, how to use proper bar tools, the proper spirits you should have, like things like that. So just like home, home life improvement shit, I know you brought up the travel thing. Um, travel, again, was because of some commercial clients. And we went all over the United States for the Billboard projects were kind of all over, some Uber projects, um, a couple jobs for Twitter, um, doing some short format things. Uh, the exciting stuff is the overseas stuff. I was in Egypt with a friend for 19 days, Egypt and Jordan. Um, which was just an insane experience. She's just a really awesome person and basically just wanted me to document her experience. She, she's not tech savvy. She's wanted to go on this trip for her entire life. And she, she turned 30 for her birthday and basically was like, I can't pay you what you would ask me to pay you to, to like basically take this trip, but I can like basically pay for your trip. So yeah, you know what I mean? hey, that's um, a good start. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I was everywhere. She was awing and wondering. I, I was two, two camera bodies on me and a GoPro, and like, I mean, I think I got sixty five hundred pictures for her, and probably like forty minutes of like cut video. Like, I'll put you know, it's like, like I was working. I mean, I, I try. I'm trying to justify it. No, I mean, I, I was whatever. No, no, I mean, the, really the point was, was so she just didn't have to think about that. And so she could really just do her own thing and, and really – and that was fucking an experience, dude. Egypt is otherworldly, that place. You talk about a, a separation of culture, mm. and then you talk about seeing things, you know, old things. A part of my other travel, my parents live in Europe, so um, I had a job. I shot – it was a big crypto cryptocurrency convention by ethereum which is like one of the largest cryptocurrencies if anybody knows what ethereum is um ethereum put on a big event in prague so we went and got an opportunity to shoot that and so i bounced around and went back and forth to my parents and did europe and like the point i was about to say about that was fucking churches in europe you're like damn this place is really old and you know it's like 900 years old or a thousand years old and you're like damn this is fucking old you go to egypt and shit is like Four thousand years old. You're like, I, you don't even have like mm. comprehension of like what you're standing. It's like, you know, for us as humans, it's hard to think about two hundred years ago. 
what I mean? And you're thinking about ancient yeah. civilizations. So yeah, that was cool, man. But yeah, so a lot of the travel, like I said, I've been I've been lucky to get to get work. Um, and now I guess again to filter in and really answer your question, the next personal projects are to kind of facilitate more of that work, but through more of a lifestyle and like a personal lens and less of, and less of, less of a corporate mm. lens. So learning how to um, leverage those images and 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 the travel aspect with with a lifestyle brand and and content basically all right so here's um here's a question i have and i i like to ask different people in a creative space this thing um where do you feel like where's the line between the do-it-yourself one-man army approach to creating things and like having the uh, I guess it would be shared vision or creative um, understanding that like the amount of time it would take me to learn X, Y, Z, I'd be rather, I'd be better off allocating I, and maybe paying I, a I, sound I, guy or somebody like where, I love where this do you question. get and in that? You brought it up because I was actually going to touch on it when you were talking about your boy, who's the producer who says he doesn't like to talk to people. And my initial answer to that in my head, the first thing that popped up just spitballing was, well, that's why people have fucking managers, right? Because most artists don't mm. want to fucking talk to people, and they have people that are good at talking. That's what they do. They're a talker. They're a, dis a, a, a deal person. But the takeaway from that, and this is on kind of more of a universal, like we're just talking about a manager, and, and this is exactly why I like that you brought it up because you phrased it perfectly about pain, is anything that you can't do yourself, you're going to end up paying somebody for it to do for you. So as a photographer, if I don't know how to edit my photos, then I'm going to pay an editor or I can learn how to edit and edit my photos for myself. So so that's that's the, that's the basis. Right. But then it goes into more is like what you said, where's the line? Because where I cross the line is versus the one man versus the team and the collaborative effort is where does it start losing quality? It, you only have so many hands on set. If I'm with one model and I have one light, I probably don't need an assistant. You know what I mean? Because I can, I can work my light. I can, I, I know, you know, I can set up things easy enough. It's not anything. But if I have a group shoot, if I'm outside in like shitty conditions, if I have a couple lights and I'm trying to do that by myself, where it's taking away from me shooting, I'm trying to juggle a light. I'm trying to like something might fall over like the the unseen happens you always got to be prepared for the unseen uh when when you start losing quality when it starts taking away from the shoot because i just don't have enough hands around me that's when it's like i need help right because i i, I honestly believe that you can get mm. every big shoot i go back to touching on you know the big shoots quote unquote that i've been on you know visa reebok fucking those those big brands like movies bro movies big music video shoots just speaking from my my perspective, because not all things are like this. All things that I've seen in production, I mean, I even see like a really great uh, my, one of my good friends, Steve Vasquez. He's a director out here. He does um, branded content out of a studio called Uprocks, and he does a show with Talib Kweli called The People's Party, and it's yeah, so familiar Talib, with Talib both and, of those. And, yeah, you know, obviously through hip hop, we we know Talib, and they have cool guests, and they talk, but um, uh, it, it's a team, dude. 
it's I mean, I, I went to his studio and I watch and, and, you know, I got introduced to 15 new people that I hadn't met. So it's always like all the big shit. Like if you really and I don't want to say like that's not demeaning to say anybody shit is too small or too anything. So I think that's the double edged sword. It's when does quality start to fall off where you actually need help? And then at the same time, like when are you getting big enough where you actually like if you're not big enough to require three assistants you shouldn't have three assistants because now you're detracting now that's like inversely detracting from your quality now you have another person around that's maybe distracting the model or you have another mouth to feed with craft services or whatever the fuck it is you know what i mean or you're paying an extra person for no reason so once you get but but once you get big enough and you need it i'm all about the collaborative effort and everything that i've seen I mean, that's eventually what I want to do. That's eventually, I think, the job as, as a director. I think that's eventually the job as somebody that runs a successful company. If I break it down to like back to like bar world, I, I used to way back when had a craft cocktail company where we did outsourcing of, of craft. Like we, we would do events and things. I was a bar. I was a bar back before I was a bartender. I was a busser, a dishwasher, a server a food runner, a server, and a shift lead in, in a restaurant. I did management. Like I, I basically worked every position in a restaurant to where if I ever wanted to open a restaurant, I, feel, I would feel comfortable owning the restaurant, right? Because I've done, I've done every single piece. And mm -hmm. that's kind of how, like, once those top pieces are, a director, like if you've shot and done grip and done a little bit of editing and done fucking lighting and, and know a little bit about makeup, then you're in a position to direct all those teams. And then at the same time, you're comfortable enough to stand back and say, but you're the expert at this. Like if you have a guy who's a fucking expert light guy, he might not be so great with the camera, but he fucking goes crazy. He knows the light. He knows wattage. He's already thinking ahead about how many feet you need for your extension cords and how much fucking voltage is in each light, like shit like that you don't have to think about. Then he's invaluable working as working with professionals that that can piece out their their part of the project and you can trust and you can delegate and just say i don't got to worry about my fucking lights because i know that guy's dope that's invaluable so when you can get to a point where you can build teams like that oh i would rather work with a team to be honest but if you can do things yourself, you're going to save on budget and things like that. Now we're talking about when you go all the way back to like talking about one man band of like, where do you hire somebody? If there's things you can learn by yourself, like do them, you know what I mean? Like, obviously you've learned how to edit audio somewhat from doing this, right? Exactly. So yep, there you are. Like you, you could be outsourcing auditing, editing audio, and that could be a cost. So it's like, fuck that. You learn how to do it yourself. And now you have more control of that. And then when you get big enough, when you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm banging fucking four shows a day where I can't even, I don't even have the time to cut the shit. Now you hire the editor and you've been doing it long enough. So when that guy comes on and if he tries to bullshit about cutting, oh, well, I can't do Yes. Yes. I know how to do it, dude. Don't tell me that you can or can't. You know what I mean? Like you're in a position to say <laughs> I've done your job enough that I can like talk to you about your job. So again, I'm all about the team aspect. I think it's a timing thing. I think you have to be big enough and ready for enough um, just to like wrap it all. And, and, and I think, I think you should start doing it. You know, you're ready for it when, when the quality starts to lack. Yeah. Mm. I liked it. And, and I, 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 um, I juggled that on multiple different fronts for different projects. I'm like, 
how much time is it going to take me to learn how to do this properly versus uh, can I get somebody to do it for a reasonable price? Because like I say, I don't have a ton of money, but like, you know, I've had Yum do flyers for me. I've had Yum do logos for me. Uh, I pay him, not what he would get paid, but like, that's my boy. I've known him 25 years. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, and not saying that the whole, and here's the thing too, like in the creative space, and I would like to reiterate that time, effort, and skill are valuable. For those people who do listen to this, like it's not an attempt to diminutize what anybody else does. Uh, you, if you do something, I feel like you deserve to get paid for it and you deserve to get paid what you believe you are worth for it. But for me, I also put value on my relationships. So like anything, I don't really have a broad skill set, but anytime anybody asks me to do anything, uh, if it's something that they, you know, can't, they got coming up or they wouldn't want some help with, or it would be mutually beneficial for both of us. There's a lot of things to consider in that space. You know, like value is more than just money in my opinion, yeah. in this, in this, uh, in the, in the artist space. So, you know, it's, it's a good balance, man. But, um, two, I got two more things on my list and I don't want to, I don't want to go too long. Um, first thing on my list is what's next. What like I mean, considering all the things that are going on in society, you know, like you said earlier, um, we don't even know what the new normal is going to be. What do you like? What does your horizon look like as an artist, as a photographer, director, uh, etc.? It's it, I was having this conversation with a uh, guy that's on the Risk Media team that we were, I was talking to him last night. He's a graphic designer, and and we were talking about attacking. Yeah, first of all, uncertainty. You don't know what's next. We don't know what's going to happen. Shit could just go back to normal, or shit could spike again. We don't know. There's there's uncertainty. What what we do know, and and I think what is important to look at if you are an artist in this time and you're like trying to think about how to adapt and you're trying to think about what to do is what we're trying to do is basically look at the industries that are adapting and that have to adapt because of this. And then with that, with that adapting right now, what do they need to do? Like what, why, how are they adapting? What's the actionable thing? Like, obviously they're affected by it. Now the action is adapting and now how are they going to adapt? So like, what are the tools they need to adapt? And from, from our aspect, it's, uh, it's content. Like, like, so down to things, I mean, and, and this, these are the things we're thinking about, is down to things like um, the very basic, I, I mean, just a, like a wide broad. And this is like obviously a big design firm did this and it's fucking Starbucks. So they were on that. But somebody designed the little stickers on the ground that say, please stand six feet away from each other when you go to Starbucks and shit. Right. So like, like how, what, what can you do to look at companies that need to, that need to um, communicate how they've changed. Right. So health and, and cleanliness is, is going to be a big communication. Like I think when people start to go back to restaurants, how do I know I'm safe there? How do I know whatever things like that? Like these, I'm just like spitballing shit, but like, so how does that restaurant now tell their guests we're safe here and whatever measures they do, they're taking new cleaning, blah, 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 blah. But they still have to communicate that. Right. So from our graphic design aspect, you need new flyers. Mm. You need new digital shit. You need some sort of PSA to your clients to talk about, you know what I mean? So 
that's kind of like little things like that are kind of the ideas that we're having in respect to what's next is is looking at really how this has changed a lot of industries and and looking at i mean even a lot of your mom and pop industry a lot of your mom and pop and small businesses are going under like a lot of it right so a really big I hate to use like selling point as a word because it sounds like I'm trying to like profit off of fucking misery, but like uh, a really big selling point to a lot of these businesses is they need to get more of their product out there. They need to get direct to customers. They need to have more of a foot in a digital space, i.e. they need more digital content. They need more digital media. They need to beef up their social medias. They need to beef up their, their websites, things like that. So again, my, my point is, and, and how you apply that to other industries outside of my, like my industry is digital content, digital media. So that's, that's where we're thinking and how you apply that to other spaces. I, I'm not exactly sure, but what's next for us on, on that front is definitely um, watching what's adapting, how are they adapting and then what tools can we provide them to, to be on that curve of adapting with, with people. Mm. I like it. I like it. And last but not least, um, since this is a hip hop oriented uh, show and, you know, I, I showcase artists, music and stuff like that. Um, first of all, I wanted to say thank you for putting me on the MF Doom back in the day. Uh, 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 that's my I mean, obviously it's Doom, but I didn't know. So then, you know, I remember used to bang him all the time. Hey, man, it's Doom, man. You can check out this Doom. And so I'm checking out Doom and I'm like, damn, Doom is tight. And he on some comic book shit. So anyways, that's that. But um, what what's your soundtrack looking like right now? Like, what man, are you, what are you listening to? Over, are you feeling, right, if anything? All over. Like, I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, hip-hop, hip-hop is always going to be like something that I'm you know, it's always going to, it's going to be on the, on, mixed into any playlist. But lately, um, I've been getting into like some different electronic stuff, to be honest. I've been getting into like a lot more vocal shit, a lot more like chill, like kind of like new, new soul, like soul, new, new age soul, like um, fuck kind of all over, man. So as far as far as like hip hop, um I, I kind of I kind of ride a lot of the mainstream shit with that right now because a lot of like I don't I don't other than other than your cats that are doing the kind of like pure hip hop like Kendrick or Cole or or I don't know any any of the more just like real hip hop guys I don't not a lot of stuff that's coming out right now is is on that level to me so I I kind of I kind of let like right the new guys do the thing with the style of music. Like if you like it or not, the auto tune, the trap style, whatever it's fucking in, it's, it's what it is. It's been in, it's, it's what people are doing. So like shit, like, like fucking Roddy rich or, or fucking like that shit is dope to me. It has its own place. It has, you know what I mean? I'm not necessarily looking to, to polo G or, you know, for like lyrics, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, um, and it has like a cool so like right right yeah man i i'm liking a lot of the kind of like i really i'm fucking with little baby a lot right now um and duh baby both of them the, all, all the babies all the babies, all the babies. I, I, like the baby, <laughs> I like the baby a lot actually he kind of has some of that old school kind of feel um but yeah so as far as that but other on like some more like other shit um there's some just like different shit. There's a guy named Najee 
that I fuck with. N A J I. That's that's pretty dope. Um, there's uh, mm. shit like some of the new soul shit that I've been been feeling is like from like UK shit. There's there's a uh, there's okay. a song or a track called Bittersweet by a dude named Summer Sons that uh, or Summer's Sons that I fuck with. Um. There's a chick named on some like really ethereal kind of. I'm like jumping all over, but some like a really ethereal different shit. There's this girl named Akua, A K U A, and she is on some like real out there different mm. shit. Um, some more soulful shit. There's a chick named Danny Lay that I like. I've been getting a lot of vocal shit, really. Even like like dudes. Like I don't know if you've been listening to any like singing singing. There's there's oh yeah you know me um, man yeah. <laughs> There's a guy that I really like. His name's uh, Rod Wave. Check out, check out Rod Wave. He has I've never called, heard of him, um, but I'll like check really him out. Popular shit is called Hard on Ice. He has kind of like more of like I don't know. He has like kind of a deeper voice, but I don't know. I credit Drake for being able to bring singing into like back to being like kind of like not not being like pussy. Like there was a cool. There was a clear divide when we were coming right. hip hop of like. Even they would even say it. Oh, you want some R and B shit? You like one of those R and B cats? You know what I mean? Like, there was like a clear divide of like, mm-hmm. if you're an R and B singer, you do that. If you're a rapper, you do that. Like, there's no whatever. And then, and then, like, I mean, there was Nate. There were some people that could successfully do it, but Nate was so gangster. Like, don't don't tell him different. You know what I mean? There was people, but like singing, Drake was really right. the one that like really bridged that gap of like, I can be in my feelings and I can still come on a next track and still be kind of hard and whatever, whatever you want to say about Drake, whatever. But, but I think, I don't know, that's my opinion, but, but now, so like a lot of, it opened the door for like a lot of dudes to kind of sing more about realer shit. And I feel like this dude, um, Rod Wave sings a little bit more about some realer shit. It's cool. Well, you know, like for me too, like, and this might be an age thing or, or we might just be in a different era. Like I listened to, I've been listening to, I haven't, I didn't listen to him before, but like his uh-huh. new joint, that was it? The Dark Lane demo tapes. And um, I, it's cool, man. Cause it's like, it, okay. And this, we talked about this earlier with the B-boy and the hip hop and masculinity, like, and none of that shit is that serious at 40. It's not that serious to be hard all the time. Like I can listen to a brother singing, um, and, and like, I've been listening to a lot. I, I've been getting into, I'm always late to shit. Like I found out last night through YouTube algorithm, um, yeah, about this yeah. kid named Daniel Caesar. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have, he's like, he's huge, but it's like, I didn't. And then last night I was like, yo, this dude's got, I listened to his whole little album, yeah. uh, from 2017 and it slaps. Um, there's a girl named, um, she's newer. Uh, her name is Genevieve. I don't know if you heard of her. Um, she got a couple. She got this joint out called Baby Powder. Smooth, cool. Like it's not anything original, uh, but it's tight. So I mean, yeah, it's dope. I, it's funny, I'm you know, back to that like the masculinity shit about being like hard on shit. That shit, by the way, is like it, it's it's played, dude. It, that shit is done. Even like even like young kids, shit, <laughs> even like the next generation, they're not even on that shit. I mean, look at look at all the like even the weirdo rappers, whether you like them or not, those motherfuckers are painting their nails and shit. Those motherfuckers are like like the whole like what's masculine versus what's feminine. Like, dude, little Uzi is wearing women's clothes constantly. You know what I mean? Like that shit is that shit is done as far as the like if you got a if you got an issue with any type of your masculinity, then fucking you, that shit's done, dude. I'm sorry. That's that shit's just over. 
Yeah, you can, and th- not to interrupt, but like, like you talked about earlier, that fear, like, like, and this is the same thing with religion, race, sexuality, politics, financial status, sneaker, sneaker uh, preference, Coke or Pepsi. You liking your shit don't got nothing to do with me liking my shit. If you a man and you like men, you that's you. If you a woman, you like women, that's you. It ain't got, I, it ain't got nothing to do with me and mine. And it don't, it doesn't encroach upon me. So if a man is like effeminate or what I consider to be effeminate, I don't care. It don't, it's for some people to look at me and, and think like, I'm a feminist. That's probably like, a topic I don't it's like not, to kind it's of like, serious. We could springboard that on, on maybe a future time, but that's a problem with social media is that everyone's so in everyone's grill that like they're taking offense to it because it's there. And like they don't have to look at it, but they do. So it's like it's so in everybody's faces that, that the people who do take offense to it are like they got nothing better to do, but they have access to it. You know what I mean? So they just stare and brew on it. So it's like that's like a whole other issue. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, it's all the way back to just like singing and all true, that shit, true. all like, like you know what's cool. But yeah, dude, I'm I'm telling you, that dude, that dude right away, man. That's just that's my shit, dude. Yeah, I I got him wrote down, man. I'm I'm gonna pick him up. Um, and the very last thing before we sign out, man. Um, if you got anything particular you want to say to anybody, like like you know, if you're getting shout outs or anything, like you know, advice or like any type of positive words of of structure before we before we take off if you got anything you need to promote coming up on the horizon and give you know take a little yeah, time man. uh no nah, dude i'm you know fucking, basically. i feel like i already given my my advice nuggets uh i feel like i feel like the people that uh yeah. want to hear this will, will hear this so that's cool on, on the shout outs i don't need to you know that um i don't know i guess i guess just like my positivity is just i don't know like i i guess touching on shit for me that I know something that's fucking goes back, especially artists, a lot of artists, especially mental health is crazy right now. Fucking just, just take time for you. That's all. That's all I can say. I know yeah. like right now there's like these pushes to do all this shit. And like, there's all the shit about like during this time you could do this and that and all this shit. Like if you want to take this time to do absolutely fucking nothing, do nothing, man, just take the time for you. Reset yourself. This is a Phoenix moment in, in a lot of different ways where a lot of shit has to die, I think to, to come up. And I feel like we, we as a society in a lot of different ways, everything from like, you know, you know, we're hearing reports of, of food plants shutting down in Idaho and how it's going to fuck up our food chain. Well, then cool. Don't get my fucking meat from Idaho then. Like maybe I should be buying my shit local. Like we have an opportunity to like restructure what we do Buy local, buy fucking whatever, uh, restructure yourself, restructure your house. You have an opportunity to like change how you do a lot of shit. So fuck anything else but yourself. That's, that's my shit right now is like, just just focus on self and like it's kind of what we were just talking it's it's like the wrap up of everything we were just saying when if you talk about what you want to talk about the ancillary is the people will be drawn to you so if everyone just focuses on them fucking selves and making themselves better everything around them will be better and every think about just like everybody did that we'd just all be happy with each other because i'd be like hey i noticed that you're just happy with yourself i'm happy with myself we don't fuck with each other but we're just happy so there it is like stop fucking with everybody and just be happy. Like, yourself, <laughs> man, whatever you need to do. That's that's my fucking, that's my take. I like it. I like it, man. Um, so in closing, I wanted to say first of all, thank you for taking the opportunity to sit down with me, man. I know we've known each other for years and years and years, but um, ain't nobody got to do nothing. So it's like I'm I'm grateful for every single person that I get an opportunity to talk about. Obviously, you know. So um. 
I personally will be on the lookout for your projects any way I can any way I can be of service, man, or help support, or even just sharing shit, or if you got any, any, you know, I'm available, man, man, you you know, we've been friends forever. Um, yeah, just, I mean, not to get sidetracked, but the, just the, the beginning of the conversation when we were talking about you being 21, and I was, oh, like, I was 24, years, I was dude, that was a long years, time ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, man, you know, much appreciated. Um, yeah, same to you, bro. Keep doing your thing, dude. And uh, so thanks so much for sitting down with me, man. And uh, for everybody listening, thank you all for listening. Uh, I greatly appreciate any – I mean, it's more than – I'm finally at a place where it's more than just my mama listening to the show. So thank each and every one of y'all for listening. Um, and with that being said, this is your boy, Nasty One, and I'm signing off. <laughs>